As iron sharpens iron, darling, so it is one woman sharpen another. Welcome to the Woman Ride Podcast, hosted by Anainan Otterwell and Cynthia Lyon, building strong women of color, the cultivation of the mindset. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woman Ride Podcast. I'm your co-host, Cynthia Lyon, and today I'm tuned in with my lovely co-host, as usual, Anain and Otterwell. But today we have a lovely guest, and she's going to introduce herself and tell you more about who she is, but I'm just going to tell you her name, but it is Dimpo Nkuna, and we are so, so excited to have her here. Um, I can't wait for us to actually get down to all the nitty-gritties. But anyway, Dimpo, please tell us more about yourself, like a summary of yourself, who you are, what you do, and yeah, just just be free, be you. Hey everyone! Firstly, thank you so much for the invite. Um, it's just a lovely platform, really, to discuss things that you know affect women on a daily. So, as you said, my name is Dimpongkuna. I am twenty three. I'm a final year medical student, and I guess just to cut it short, I'm also a content creator, interested in beauty and fashion. And I guess all things life. So that is basically me in a nutshell. I have a YouTube channel as well. And yeah. Yeah, okay. I think you can actually just drop your YouTube channel handle and your Instagram handle so that people. As well as your Facebook like- handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I don't use Facebook anymore. Um, but my YouTube is Dimpongkuna, um, L I M P H O. N-K-U-N-A, and then um, my Instagram is underscore Dimpo N-K. So what what actually made you study medicine? Was it something that you wished to do from a young age, or you just develop the interest as you grow older? Um, so I actually have been wanting to study or do medicine for the longest time. Um, probably I'd say since or um, let's say the youngest age I can remember, probably even before that, was probably like grade six. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been quite it's been quite a long time since I've wanted to do it. It's basically a childhood dream, you could say. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, I guess the main reason, because um, other reasons have developed along the way, even just I guess through going through med school but I guess the main reason I can say is it was just that career that made sense for um, the interest I guess I had mixing with I guess the abilities that I have and my desire to sort of um, uh, lend a helping hand basically to the development of the world just to make the world a better place and it was a very tangible um thing for me to see that I'm actually making a difference in someone's yeah. life every single day. Yeah. Um yeah and then so seeing that I was like okay um this is something that I do have the ability to do and mixing with my desire to actually make the world a better place it just made sense for me personally. Um mm-hmm. a way that benefits the world but also I guess benefit as benefit me as well in terms of like getting a job and being financially secure mm-hmm. and things like that. Okay, so now we're just going to dive deep into the topic of the day. We're going to be talking about STDs and pregnancy preventions. And we're actually happy that we have someone who's 
like a profession professional in every in all these things that we'll be talking about. So um Dimpo, what are the different pregnancy prevention methods that you know or that one might use? Um, okay. Um I think before I answer the questions, I think I just would like to make a disclaimer that um this is just information and one shouldn't take it as um medical advice and maybe possibly diagnosing themselves or taking this information and then automatically going to get these. It is important that should you consider having any form of contraceptive methods that you do go see a health professional and not just take what I'm saying and then go to a friend and be like, oh, friend, I saw you taking these pills. Let me take them as well. So just as a disclaimer, it's just for information purposes. And if you do want to go further or no further, go to a medical facility. Just a disclaimer for that. Um, So the different methods, so you have hormonal and non-hormonal methods. And basically the hormonal are just ones that um, have hormones in them. They have the same hormones that you already produce. Because, you know, when you go through your menstrual cycle, there's different um, amounts of these hormones that are secreted that... um, build up your uterus and make it ready for pregnancy and then during your um, period then that lining is shed so the hormonal ones just contain those type of hormones and then non-hormonal obviously they don't have any hormones to them Um, and then the non-hormonal ones are basically ones like behavioral methods so those are ones where like a breastfeeding breastfeeding mother um would use that breastfeeding period as a sort of contraceptive. Um, And then fertility awareness, like when you track when you're ovulating and then you abstain during that ovulation time. Um, And then also coitus interruptus or best known as pull-out method. And then you have devices that you can put in your uterus, which is a copper IUD. And then you can have barrier methods, which for example, are the condoms. And then surgical, where it's the, they tie your tubes, or if you're a male, they do a vasectomy. So those are the types of non-hormonal um, contraceptives that they are. And then the hormonal ones are the more common ones, I guess, that people know, like the pill, the patch, um, the, inject, the injection, the IUD, and then more recently, the Implanon which is basically an implant that they put under your skin and your arm and it lasts about five years. So those are the ones. Um, And then there's also emergency contraception, which mostly known as the morning after pill. And then um, there's also IUD that you can use for that. And then last on the list, I guess, would be um, termination as well. Could be seen as a form of contraceptive. So... So I want to ask something. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. IUD three times, actually. But I just want to ask, you mentioned the copper IUD under non-hormonal um, methods. And then you also mentioned an IUD under hormonal. So now what's the difference between the two? So the copper IUD doesn't have hormones. So it basically creates a barrier. So basically what it does, it prevents the sperm from going um, from 
prevents the sperm and the egg from meeting. So the egg will stay in the fallopian, fallopian tube and then the sperm will just die out in the uterus or the cervix. So it basically just creates a barrier between the two. Whereas the um, hormonal one does both. So then it creates that barrier, but also um, secretes those hormones that are naturally found, like progesterone and estrogen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's the difference between the two. So which which ones are actually more risky between, like, all of this? Um. So you see, I don't like the word risky or non-risky. I think the a better way we can look at it is in terms of side effects, like which one has more side effects and which one has less side effects. Um, so basically side effects are the if other effects of the drug that you wouldn't want. Um, yeah. So the non-hormonal ones, obviously they're not secreting any chemicals or any hormones. So those have less side effects than the hormonal ones because you're not adding anything to your body, right? It's just creating a barrier between the sperm and the egg or just working around um, your ovulation time or things like that. Whereas the hormonal ones have something that you are secreting, so those have more side effects. Wouldn't necessarily put it under more risky or less risky, if that sort of like makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So now, okay, now that you've broken it down to that, okay, let's look at the hormonal um, methods since mm-hmm. those are the ones that you could say produce more side effects. So amongst all of them that you've listed in the that are hormonal methods, which one would you regard as having less side effects? Um, yeah, amongst all those hormonal methods that you mentioned and which one would have way more side effects if you're aware? Um, I'm not aware of the individual side effect profile because in general, the side effects are grouped as one because they generally um, sort of do the same thing. That would be, I guess, in too, like, too much detail if then I'd had to uh, break down the different hormones and what the actual hormones do. So I think it would be too complicated. Yeah. But in general, they all produce the same side effects. And also with that being said, um, people obviously respond differently. You know, there are people who said that um, the contraceptive pill treats them well, they don't gain weight and whatever. And then some people come here and be like, okay, they've gained weight, they've wada wada wad, you know, things like that. And somebody could say the injection treats them well and somebody else could be like, no, it was a complete disaster. So exactly, I get exactly. Yeah. which is why seeking medical advice um, like actually booking a consultation with a sister or a doctor is important. So then they can look at something that's specific for you and your health condition. So mm-hmm. it, it responds differently to everyone. Some people, the oral contraceptive, their skin is beautiful. They have no mm-hmm. acne at all, no headaches, um, nothing like that. But someone on the same pill will say they broke out so badly. They were having headaches yeah. all the time. I'm nauseous, you know, things like that. So it really differs from person to person, just like how we all differ with our PMS symptoms and how and our period pains and things like that. We all 
react way differently to the same process that's happening to all of us, you know. So, okay. so doesn't this actually have uh, a bad side effect sort of, because obviously if you're going to be, or for me, when I use prevention, the injection one, it actually mm-hmm. makes me not to go on my periods for probably three months, four months. Like I can yeah. go on my periods, but it's like droplets of blood. Mm-hmm. Then I used to suffer with period pains, but now I don't have them anymore because of the injection, obviously. So doesn't that affect my menstrual cycle? So basically what it does, particularly the um, the injection, it sort of mimics a pregnancy state. So, sorry, that's why you don't go on your period. So your uterus stays in that state as if it's pregnant. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> just for some for simplistic terms, you know. Yeah, um, that's why then um, uh, the the sperm and the egg won't able won't be able to implant in the uterus, and um, that whole process won't happen. Um, so basically, that's why you don't get your period because that endometrial lining doesn't shed. Now, I'm not saying your uterus now grows and then becomes pregnant and like all of that. No, it's just the 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 hormone that sustains the pregnancy is the one that's slightly more elevated. And that's the contraceptive part of it. Because obviously, when you're pregnant, you can't get pregnant again during that yeah. same period. Yeah. So yeah, that's essentially in a nutshell what happened what's happening um you know but it doesn't... okay yeah. sorry about that i would say now that you're mentioning this um it actually it just brings up a question of um i used to be to be scared or like skeptical about all these prevention methods because i'll be like isn't that somehow in the long run like damaging your body in some way like doesn't it affect your fertility like for example as Anina Otterell said that the injection method for her has caused her to not have um, her periods or she just has like spotting here and there mm-hmm. now wouldn't I don't know I think it, it's quite scary even the one of the methods that you mentioned was the the implant mm-hmm. um, that you put under your skin by your arm and that one could be like three to five years Yes. And effective for three to five years. Now I feel like that is kind of scary. Like, what is it doing that you you your chances of being pregnant for the next five years are so low? You know, so for me, it it kind of scares me that isn't it now messing up your fertility in a way? Like, what if you want to stop the method and then now you're having problems falling pregnant? Um, I don't think there actually isn't enough um, data that supports that it causes infertility. As you can see, these contraceptive methods have been here for a very, very long time. And um, we haven't had any issues that I would say directly stem from contraceptive use, um, such as the pill, right? I could be taking the pill for three months, that's fine. And then the minute I stop or I don't take it properly, people actually fall pregnant very quickly coming out of um, contraception. Um, at some point, you can even, it even increases your chances of having multiple pregnancy, like twins or um, triplets or things like that. So it, it, it has no um, valuable effect on fertility. Um, based on just the trends that we have been seeing. Um, yeah, so 
I don't think fertility is something to worry about when you are taking contraceptive methods. Yeah. So one thing I also want to ask, because obviously our listeners are from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So for people who can't um, afford, okay, I know that in like public clinics, you can get the pill for, for free, mm-hmm. but like what other methods can you get for free? Is like all of them free um, at clinics or uh, not all of them are free? Like what methods are people from like disadvantaged backgrounds know what to rather go for? Um, as far as my knowledge goes, all of them are free and available at the clinic. I know the con- the oral pill is there, um, the injectable, the IUD, implants, um, they all should be available freely um, to any um, woman at the clinic. So there shouldn't be any financial reasons why you shouldn't get any contraception. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but for me, the ones that I was getting from the clinic, they actually mm-hmm. uh, made me have bad side effects up until I had to use, like I had to go to the pharmacy mm-hmm. and they had to recommend me someone to check which one would be suitable for me. So the one that I use, I have to buy it. It's not mm-hmm. available at the clinic. Yeah. 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 That's another, I guess, another downfall with our system is that, um, Yes, you'll have the pill, but you won't necessarily have the luxury to have all the different types that are out there on the market. Um, so you just, if maybe the pill doesn't treat you right, then maybe try the injection, then maybe try the IUD or the implant on. But in terms of the pill, there are many different types that are out there on the market, but because of the government's financial constraints, um, I don't think all of the um oral contraceptive pills may be available at that specific facility um let's say you want to stop like is there a way example for example the copy the the copper iud is there a way for them to remove that or the implants like for example you now feel like okay five years is way too long like is there a way to remove this or you have to follow through like the whole five years no definitely not the moment you decide i don't want this anymore or i'm ready to have children you can go book an appointment and it will be removed so you you don't have to follow through the 10 years five years three years the minute you feel like you've had enough just go and get it removed you don't have to wait it out same as if you do feel like you're experiencing more side effects and it's not treating you well you can literally just book an appointment and go and take it out like don't you have to rest for a period so that you can let your blood flow for maybe you've been taking the injection for three months or six months then you Mm want to let your blood flow since it has stopped for a long time you can do that but obviously you know that during that period you will get pregnant like there's a definitely high chance (laughs) of getting pregnant so if you want rest periods that's up to you but just be cognizant and know that um during that time you will get pregnant however if you are someone who um 
definitely want to see your period every month, the pill is for you because it doesn't stop your period necessarily or with majority of the people um, because the pill has different colors and has different days where you take the actual pill and then there's days where it allows for your period to occur. So, yeah, yeah so if you're that kind of person that um, wants to have a regular period, then definitely find out which ones would work for you and then if you're a person who doesn't mind not being on their period or doesn't want to be on their period because you're experiencing severe pain or other um, um, issues associated around your period then you can have ones that don't have um, that don't allow you to go on your period for a, a certain time so it all just depends it's not all contraceptives where they'll just stop your period um, Sometimes it may just reduce the pain, make it a lighter flow, and all of that. Okay, I know this might sound like a very blunt question, but I'm sure there are people out there who do ask themselves these things. But do any of these um, methods, whether hormonal or non-hormonal, prevent STDs? Firstly, there's no such thing as a blonde question. If you ever go to the clinic, <laughs> if you ever, ever go to the clinic, ever go to the doctor, ask all the questions. Do not leave with unanswered questions ever. Do not ever do that. Um, answer, ask all the questions you want and make sure you leave satisfied. Um, so the answer to, to that question is no. Um, there's no contraceptive, hormonal, non-hormonal that can prevent um, STDs besides the barrier method which is the condom so generally we talk about the double method where you'll have your um, hormonal non-hormonal contraceptive but still NBNB to still use a condom because that will not prevent STDs the, the other contraceptive methods alone will not prevent STDs at all what exactly are STDs um, before I answer that question, also the reason why um, we do emphasize using like two contraceptive methods is that no contraceptive method is 100%. They all differ mm -hmm. in percentage um, depending on the user. So in terms of the pill, if you're not consistent in taking your pills at the right time and the right dose, you decrease the chance of it being as effective as possible and then there's ones where it's 99.9 .9, others are 98 percent but there is no one that's 100 percent um effective let's just remember that as well yeah. um so basically stds are sexually transmitted diseases and they stem from stis which are sexually transmitted infections um so those are infections that can be transmitted through sexual intercourse but i do want to emphasize the word can because um that's not the only way you can get those infections so just because mm. someone has hiv it doesn't mean that they got it through sexual intercourse do you understand what i'm saying but the yeah. one of the methods of contracting these infections is through sexual intercourse so basically, those are what STDs are, so STDs slash STIs. 
So how can one actually make sure they don't get STDs or they don't contract them? Um, so number one, I think sexual education is important just to for you to know what uh, STDs are out there. And also having a conversation with your sexual partner, like maybe going for counseling and testing together before you have sex. Um, and then also using um, condoms also as well as ways that you can prevent and protect yourself from getting these STDs. That's, those are the ways you can... Um, yeah, I feel like the number one would obviously always be using a condom because even if you and your partner can go test get tested together, like I just saw um a tweet today that said um you might be the only I mean that person might be the only person you're sleeping with, but it doesn't mean that you're the only person that you're sleeping with. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The sad reality, but it is a reality nonetheless. So always take ownership of your own health. Um, Even as much as the other person also is responsible, but you can never be 100% sure that they are looking out for you as much as you think. So always take ownership Mm -hmm. of your own health um, all the time. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you said that because many times, yeah, as much as the other person also played a part in it, but you can't also like fully blame the other person because you also let your guard down and you decided, okay, we're going to do this raw. Mm -hmm. So you are also, you also participated in making that decision of, okay, yeah, we're going raw. Mm -hmm. So you can't now fully blame the other person like, oh, I didn't know you were busy around, you know, with other people at the same time. So you also said yes, you agreed to it, so you also have to take accountability. Yeah. So, so what if it happens that uh, even if you said that everything is not always 100%, so obviously the condom also is not 100%, it might happen that it might burst. So if it bursts and it happens that one of uh, the the two parties had STDs, how can they prevent themselves or yeah how can they prevent themselves from contracting those things um so if something like that happens or you do find out that the person did have an std um it's important to know that some are treatable and some are curable so definitely visit your nearest health facility your clinic your doctor to do a full screening um where they can test for hiv syphilis um screen for things like gonorrhea and all those other infections um and then they will treat you based on what the results came out as and then also give advice how to further um protect yourself and future partners there are some um stds where if they find that you have them they need to also treat your partner so it's just basically about taking ownership realizing okay this is what happened let me go to the clinic, let me go to the doctor, get screened, get my treatment and move on with my life. You know, the quicker you do that, the better the outcome. 
um, as you already mentioned, like, okay, obviously go to your nearest um, health facility, but like, what is the prep pill? What is it? What are the functions of the prep pill? When should you use it? Um, when should you not use it? Should you use it like as a contraceptive, like use it every day or like there's a specific time you should or events where you can use it? Okay, so PrEP basically stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is not a contraceptive, um, just to emphasize, PrEP is not a contraceptive. Um, it's a prophylaxis. So prophylaxis is basically um, the drug that you take before you are exposed to a certain disease. Just um, for an example, if you go to Mozambique, you know it's an area that is prevalent in malaria. So then they will give you an antibiotic or they'll give you an anti-malaria drug just so you are protected or your chances of getting malaria are decreased if you go to Mozambique, right? So mm-hmm. PrEP um, is basically an ARV that you take um, before you've been exposed to HIV. So PrEP is for HIV. Um, so you take a, an ARV before you sleep with someone who you think has HIV, who you're just protecting yourself, who you know has HIV, doesn't really matter, um, just to decrease your chances of contracting um, the of contracting HIV, right? So that is when PrEP is used. Um, okay, so does mean that a person can use this? That's why I'm like now wouldn't it be like using it as a contraceptive method because okay yes it's not a contracept uh, contraception by the way but what if you're not like you're taking this every day <laughs> okay i'm not saying <laughs> nothing yeah, that's the case. If, if your partner is hiv positive do you have to take it every yeah. day like because you know that you'll be with him for the rest of your life obviously um um i think my complete knowledge on how exactly PrEP works is still quite limited, but I think you can take it every day um, if you do have an HIV-positive partner or um, something of that sort. Um, But yeah, so it's basically an ARV that you can take um, when you need to. And there's also, I think, um, I think there is a time frame, like how many days or weeks I'm mm, not sure. yeah. before, like how many days you have to take it before it's effective um, I'm yeah. not 100% sure about that um, but yeah what's important is to know that it exists and it's there and similarly there's also PEP PEP is post exposure prophylaxis so if you didn't take PrEP and then you find out after that um, you might have been with someone who does have HIV, then you can take post-exposure prophylaxis, which then will also decrease your chance of contracting HIV. It's also the same thing that um, medical staff take after they've gotten a needle needle prick injury, then you go on PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis, um, to decrease your chances of getting or contracting HIV. Yeah, and it's very important to note um, to our listeners that this PrEP and PEP um, only applies to, or is only with regards to HIV. So not other STIs and STDs, but only HIV. Yes. Yeah. 
So what's the like the common symptom for for STDs? Because we can't name all of them, but what's like the common symptom that you can see that maybe you might be having STDs or your partner might be having them? Um, so STDs mostly present with either a discharge or like ulcers around the genital area. So it's important also just to sort of keep track of the color, the smell, and the consistency of your discharge. Um, and then also to see if there aren't any ulcers or sores or pimples around the genital area, because those are some of the early symptoms of um, STIs slash STDs. Yeah, and experiencing a burn when you urine or urinate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would most likely be a urinary tract infection. But if you do have a urinary tract infection, then um, you can go check out if you don't have any other STIs. So burning urine mostly signifies um, a urinary tract infection. And that is the same as thrush, if I'm not mistaken, or similar to thrush. Uh, no, that's different. Thrush is a just an infection doesn't necessarily have to be an STI and STD. So someone who hasn't had sex in a long time or hasn't had sex at all can still get thrush. Uh, it's basically yeah. just a yeast infection. So thrush is a yeast infection. Um, it's not an STI or STD. A urinary yeah, tract infection is yeah. basically an infection of your um, ureter, your urethra, or where the pee comes out. Mm. of that tract so that's why you feel your urine is burning um, because of that's where your urine comes out and then thrush is a yeast infection so it's not the same it was very informative and i'm sure like a lot of people have learned things and after this guys i think it's advisable that you can even google these um topics on your own time and just read more up on it because I feel like sometimes we're just like, oh, we just dive into this. Or some people think the only pregnancy prevention method there is out there is obviously the pill, whereas it's not only the pill. I mean, as uh, Dimple has mentioned, there are actually quite a lot and hormonal and non-hormonal. So you can just go to the web. I mean, Google is right there in your hands, you know, just go to the web and actually search all these things in detail so that you actually know of the different methods and side effects so that when you do go to a health facility to ask your doctor or the sister um, which one you want to take. For example, let's say you've gone through all the information. You're like, okay, I think the copper IUD or the implant or the pill. Let's say those are the three options that you've decided on after reading up on all the information. Then maybe you can ask them and they'll be like, okay, let's just narrow it down to see which one is best for you. But at least you now know that there actually is more than one. It's not always the pill. Because I feel like a lot of people think for a long time have thought it's always been a condom and the pill and that's it. Mm-hmm. And now we know that actually there's actually so many, there are actually so many options out there, you know, and with the pill, you might forget. Sometimes you don't take it at the same time every day. And because of that, you've actually now decreased the chance of the pill being as effective because now you take, you took it the next day at a different time or you skipped it altogether the next day. So you might want something that might last longer. So maybe the implant might be a best option or the injection 
or things like that. But now you know that there are actually so many methods. So it's very important for you guys to actually go read up on these things after listening to this episode. Exactly. And also to reading and informing yourself helps to rid um, yourself of misconceptions that um, are out there because you're hearing information from people who've had maybe certain experiences with certain things and you find that that won't be your experience or you you get information from people who have certain biases and are against contraceptives and they will tell you things that are not medical facts you know so reading up and informing yourself is very important in um, decision making um and yeah and just seeing all the options that are out there prevention methods and also emergency contraceptives and then also um, termination of pregnancies there are a lot of options depends on what you desire what your choice is what your beliefs is um and yeah so um there's there's a lot of information out there but just make sure that it's the right information from the right sites and the right people to make an informed decision. Right. Uh, thank you, Dimpo. That was so informative. And I think actually after here, I need to go and read about all these things. So some of the prevention methods, I did not even know about them. So yeah, that was actually directed to me that I should go and read up about them. <laughs> yeah, and also to remember that... Um, they're also not solely just for preventing pregnancy. As I said, if you have uh, extreme period pains, your periods are irregular, your blood flow is heavy, and all those things, they can be used to also regulate your menstrual cycle. So it's not only just for pregnancy prevention. Um, There are other benefits as well. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I know for sure that the the pill has helped me so much with with acne that I used to have before. And that was actually the first time I got introduced or introduced my body to this thing because that's what um, a doctor recommended for me um, that I had to go on these other um, contraceptive pills that were very strong though. So I had a very difficult time with them the first month because the nausea, oh my goodness, it was horrible. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was very, very strong, but it was very effective because it just helped clear my skin of all acne. So I know that um, it's not, it, so it wasn't just for, you know, other things. Actually, the reason why I even went on them in the first place wasn't even for pregnancy prevention, but it was for exactly. Yeah. Much. Um, for honoring the invites and being a guest on our podcast. We really enjoyed having you. And thank you so much for bringing so much enlightenment to not only us, but also our listeners um, and for preparing so well for this episode. We really appreciate it. And we thank you so much and hopefully we'll get to have you in the future as well. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Such a great platform. So, um, yeah, thank you again for inviting me. And I really do hope um, the information was very valuable and it will help someone out there. I really, really do hope so. So thank you so much. Yeah, I also hope our listeners will learn a lot from this because I did. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
would like to thank everyone that is continuously supporting us and we are so grateful for the positive feedback that we get from you guys so please feel free to send us a dm on instagram at women underscore right at women underscore right sharing your insights or comments about our episodes and also if you'd like to become a guest on one of our episodes tackling a topic of your choice that is in line with our vision and our mission please feel free to send us a dm as well thank you guys for tuning in and we can't wait to have you on our next one